As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. such as a celebration on uh, this uh, past Saturday at 11 o'clock. As I sent our mother off to glory, you know, it was a pleasure to be able to celebrate and know that time. You know, she crossed over to the other side, you know, some say the transitioning. That the woman got broke the tape with a flurry of confetti in the kingdom. And now she's going to live her life in the kingdom of God. And it kind of makes me feel good that I got somebody's up there watching over me. Not that he never had anybody watching over us before. But we thank God for the life she lived, 86 years, 34 grandchildren, all the great, great. It's just a miracle, prayer warrior, powerful woman of God, declared the word everywhere she went. You know, she amazes me, she also tell me her hands are clean. You know, it's not too many people that can say their hands are clean. Especially when you show them to the audience of people and understand and realize that God has done a work in such a powerful way in your life that he really chose you, he gave you the confirmation that you realize and understand that, you know, I chose you. I chose you to be the woman of God to come into my entrance of my pearly gates. And uh, with that fact of saying, you know, we thank God for the opportunity of years we have with our beautiful mother. Such a graceful woman of God. Such a such an impeccable track record as being the work of the kingdom of God. Missionary in her own way. You know, designed and engineered to do the work of what God has called us to do. And it was great that she raised us up and taught us the way of the kingdom. And we've also carried that paradigm shift over to the a land in which we are living in, which is called the earth, you know, and we continue to go out through all the world and begin to claim the gospel. As I said before, my voice is a little raspy after celebrating uh, with my uh, uh, sisters and brothers and all the saints in the church and ushering her over to the kingdom of God. I also want to thank God for my good friend, uh, Pastor Franklin. Uh, he's a powerful man of God. We went down to uh, uh, Kemp, Texas with him on yesterday as he laid his granny to rest. I believe she was 96 years old. What a blessing. And all her grandchildren and all the ones who she actually loved and cherished and desired gave such great testimonies about the life she lived and the things she's done in her life. I mean, it's, it's amazing when we just get our hands under the 
the shadows of the Almighty, believe and declare and decree that God called each and every one of us to do such a great work. And we thank God for that woman of God, these great women of God who went on, even as the, some of the great athletes, Muhammad Ali, and we know that he passed on and went on this particular month. And we know that Jan from TVN has passed on and went on this month. Got a uh, call from my uh, friend uh, Alan Carter down there, Evangelist Alan Carter at Praying Hands Ministry. Talk about a good friend by the uh, Lewis O'Neill, a great man of God who played football at the University of Michigan under that great coach, Bo Schumbecker. You know, we're going to lift up his family, keep them in prayer. We're going to declare the creed of God and comfort them in all of us in our time of need. Whatever circumstances may be in our life, we just want to trust in God. And we want to believe and declare the creed that he's more than we can see. He's, he's more than what we can see. So we thank God for this opportunity on the day that uh, I get a chance to bring you the word. I don't take it for granted each time I come on the radio station. Somebody else may be, but uh, I don't take this for granted. It's God giving me breath in my body to continue to declare his word uh, from the kingdom of God. And we thank each and every one for joining us on tonight as we get ready to go into the word dealing with the area of strife. One of the very things that hinders us in a lot of walks in our life, even at churches, outside the church, the families, or whatever it may be. We know God is graceful and mighty to be able to deliver us from whatever it may be. He's causing these, uh, we just call these, uh, these orange cones, as I always say, these stumbling blocks that hinder us from receiving the gravitation of the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to sit back and we're going to deal with that on the day. One of the areas of topics, if you look at one of my actual social networks pages, and talking about strife brings on hate. And if it brings on hate, it brings on a lot of other things. We are not really designed to be a part of the of. But through the grace of God and through the mercy He designed the engine on us to move forward with such passion, such love, and such dignity to realize and understand that He's there with us in everything we do. So if we get started on the day, we thank you for joining us and being a part of the work God is doing here at Harvest New Life Church and Harvest New Life Studios. As I said before, I am Pastor Charles Ellis. And I thank God for you guys being here with me. We've been off the radio for a while, but we're going to get into this word tonight. We're going to talk about the first process of this word, where the word of God declares that. There are seven different stripes that are waiting to come into your life. There are seven different stripes. And it's really more than that. I'm not talking about stripes. I'm talking about strife, division that will come against me. You to call some of these penalties that happen in our life. Now, we're going to be in the book of James chapter 4. And we're going to deal with the process of hatred and how uh, pride brings on hatred. Also, it brings on pride. You know, that even when we go forth, that uh, we continue to lose our way. Let the music solidify itself. The next time you hear me, we're going to be actually bringing the word that comes from the kingdom of God. God bless you. to you. Bring me back. 
Father God, I thank you. I bless you for this opportunity to come to you. Father God, I ask you for the healing of my voice that bring forth the illumination that comes from the kingdom of God. And Father God, even as I begin to pray and lift up your name and thank you for another day which I've never seen before. Father God, even this moment, Father God, let me be a conduit for the kingdom of God that I may continue to speak and declare your word in the season which I'm in. Father God, help me to recognize and realize the words you've given me are kingdom words. They're kingdom transformation. They're power. They're glory. Demonstration and illumination through the divine revelation of the power of the Holy Spirit. Father God, I'm thankful that even as you gave me the opportunity to live this life, to see a great woman of God, Mary Earl Ellis, to go and serve you, Father God. It's been such a great, impeccable track record. Father God, to all my sisters and brothers, Father God, comfort us in our time. Father God, as we breathe and go through the process of mourning about such a great woman of God who took care of us in our lives. And we thank God for every opportunity he has given us, Father God. We thank you for this day in Jesus' mighty name. We pray, Lord, amen. Let's get right into this word in the name of Jesus. As I said before, I'm a little raspy. The process of being raspy, don't worry about the process of the raspiness. Because this is only coming from the shouting and the power of God moving in the, in the terms of uh, uh, my mother going away. It's such a great shouting time and, uh, and opening the doors to the kingdom of God. Let those have the opportunity to receive uh, the, the confirmation. Anointing. Mean, we all got to go that way one day. But we're going to deal with the process of how we really uh, train ourselves to receive some of the things that we see these great women of God have received as they go into the kingdom and believe in the clan decree that even as they leave this life, that God has given the power to rise up again in an incorruptible body. And knowing that God has got a plan for them to supersede far beyond more than they can imagine or even think of. You know, Romans talks about how he calls you. He says, I beseech you, brethren. And about the mercies of God. You know, God has given everyone some mercy. Now one of us are clean, you know, to the point that we can raise our hands and say, I'm clean. But I heard the woman of God, my mother, Mary Ella, say that, and it triggered something in me, that you can live a righteous life. Along with the power, the blood, and the grace and mercy God has given you, you know, we're stopping in the process of doing the sins that we used to do. I know that we got a plan. God's got a great plan for us. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 speaks about that. I know the plans and the thoughts I got for you. He said they are good and not of evil. Uh, that's up to give you a great expectation of future. But one of the things he warns us about is the pride that promotes strife and how strife comes in between us as being contentive or having contention in a way of keeping us in the area of distance. And the Word of God declares that we ought to learn how to get along with our fellow neighbors, our fellow sisters and brothers. You know, I think about the process of the shooting that took place over in uh, Florida. Such a such a heartbreaking event with all those things that was going on over there. And, no, you know, nobody deserves the right to die at the hand of another man. You know, the Lord God tells us that we ought to pray for one another. And I tell you, matter of fact, it doesn't matter what those people were doing over there. They had an opportunity to receive a word from me and you. That even though they may have been hard in their ways, we still had to keep continuing to give them word. There's no way I could come in there and pull such a thing out that can actually take the life that God created and feel good about it. So we pray for the group in Orlando and all that was going on and their family members because it truly hurts when you lose a loved one. You know, whatever the opportunity, whatever life they live, it hurts when you lose somebody you really love. And uh, you got to work out your, 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 um, your, your contention, your anger with people, you know. Tell them you love them, you know. If there's something you can do to help them or curve them in another direction, then do that for them. But don't, uh, most of these men and women of God, uh, uh, 
not attending most of our churches because we, we, we can't be judgmental. You can't make anybody do anything. You can't make people do anything. But you can be a living example, as uh, Pastor uh, Franklin's uh, granny was, as my mother Mary Ellis was, and it's amazing that how God's leaves so much uh, uh, residue, power, and purpose to know that the life that you live is it's really more than it's worth more than living. As I heard W. V. Grant speak about that song and sing about the song, is life worth more than living? You know, and we live for Christ. It is, but it goes on to talk about the pride of strife, the pride of promotion. This is the first part of a series that I've been starting up. Each chapter I deal with in the Book of James. For those who had the opportunity to hear, I'm I'm breaking down different categories of the very Book of James, and I'm using that series teaching. It's one of the things God has given me to do. And, I thank him for it. You know, what God says over in verse 4, or chapter 4, excuse me, over in the book of uh, James. He said, where do wars, notice how he says this. He said, where does wars and fight come from among you? Notice how he talks about that. Ephesians 2 talks about how we all once walked the course of the world. You know, having the desires of the flesh. We're going to get into the book of Galatians to see a little bit what he talks about. Uh, the that, that you ought to walk in the spirit over in Galatians 5. You not feel uh, the desires of the flesh. And he says over in the book of James chapter 4, where, he said, where does or where do wars and fight come from? And he said, among you, do they come from your desires for pleasure that wars in your members? And it really does, you know, it, it really does. The members, the things that we reach out and we don't have a, a, a desire to say no to, the temptation that comes on us when we're not walking with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And when we see these things, we wonder with mesmerization about, Lord, what is it that you're saying? What is it that you're telling me? I want to be saved. I want to be sanctified. I want to be filled with the precious power of the Holy Spirit. When you think about some of the... Uh, the breakdown of just this particular scripture uh, in the book of uh, the King James Version. We're going to be dealing out party three, maybe four different versions of the Bible. Uh, one of them, we're gonna, which is the King James. We're going to look at the Amplified, we're the Common English Bible. And we want to get some real solidification. Uh, how does strife come? How does quarrel come? How does conflict come? You know, Proverbs talks about the tongue. It's such an evil and deadly thing that it can set the course of a whole person's life on fire. And my mother used to always tell me, you know, if you ain't got nothing good to say, don't say it at all. You know, keep your tongue between your teeth. Watch what you say. Don't be able to spit out everything that you feel you need to say that's in your mind. When you look at the Amplified Version over in the book of James chapter 4, it talks about things to avoid, dealing with the process of uh, pride and strife. It tells you about how to uh, uh, get away from quarreling. Now, let's just read it in James chapter 4. We get a good understanding about it. It says, it says that, it said, uh, what lies to uh, unending quarrels? What lies? Well, what leads? In other words, uh, what, what leads to unending uh, quarrel? It, it's your mouth. You know, James talks about the process of your tongue. It's like a, such a deadly weapon. But it also brings quarrel, conflict among you. Do they not come from the 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 Hellenistic or the the Hellenistical uh, move that we continue to, to live and and have our own selfish and strife desires 
uh, to wage war in our bodies and our members to be able to swing and, and, and buy things that will conflict other people that will hurt him that we can get so mad enough that we can premeditate murder in our own mind and then go out and purchase things that we need to be able to commit that murder if we're not trying to be so conniving on ourselves about another individual how we use the word of God to bring another individual down not knowing that God has created them and designed them and gave them the opportunity to have the right to the tree of life. Yeah, they may not be as, as spiritual as you are, but see, God made them. You don't have the right to destroy what God made, no matter what it may be and how it may act. You know, I talk about my good friend, Pastor uh, Edward Pearson over that. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Church of Terrell, and you know, he talks about the process how, you know, when we when we actually coming against God, the, the the same stone that we were participating in, that roll uh, downhill, meaning God's precepts, His commands, all the things He had put in place, they actually hung Him on a cross. But in the process of hanging Him on a cross, the Word of God said, the same stone you roll down the hill. Is the same stone you got to roll back up the hill. It's amazing when I heard the men of God say that because the same unefforedness that you use to condemn and bring somebody down by the very thing that's in your mouth, the very thing in your mouth has got to go back and repent and be able to bring them back up to where you cast them down and because of what was in your heart. Let's look at this in the Amplified Version. Very good. And let's look at it real closely. I'm going to go back to the King James Version or the New King James Version over here in the book of James chapter 4. I want to switch gears here. I want to make sure I'm in the King James Version. I'm in the uh, New King James Version. But I want to go to the King James Version. I want to turn up to the King James Version. King James Version rules. I want to go over to that particular area of Scripture. And I want to see what it says right here. Where does war and fighting come among you? Uh, uh, do they not come from your own desires for pleasure that wars in your members, things that we use, instruments as a part of our body, walk into a situation, speaking something out of our mouth, evil eye, and you know, reaching our hands out to people, causing conflict and strife or harm among somebody. Members of your body can actually do things that can cause you to actually fall out of sequence with God. 
you know, it, it's amazing how we think about the process and how that goes. But 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 we got to be able to understand and realize that God is yet in the midst of moving in the direction that he called us to move in. That he says there's no weapon form or design against those uh, shall prosper. God really means that. He goes on and says over here, and he talks about over in that second verse again. Let's read it here in uh, the book of James, chapter 4, uh, verse 1. Where does war's fight come from among you? Do they not come from your own desires for pleasure? War in the members. You go over to the actually amplifier version and say, what, what leads, what lies, what guides us to the unending quarrels? You know, somebody says something back to you. You say something back to them. It, it's causing friction and conflict among you. Do they not come from your from your from from your hedonistic? You know, it's it's a a very odd way to my hedonistic. You know, your 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 desires to harm, uh, your hedonistic desires that rages war in the body members fighting for control over you. And it goes on in the second verse if I meet on, because i got to bring some completion to verse 2. It's in verse, yeah, verse uh, 1. It says over in the Amplified Version, he said, you are jealous, a zealous, a convert uh, of others, having your own lust, going unfilling, so you murder, you are envious, and cannot obtain or gain access to the very things that God has given you. In other words, obtain the objects of the envy, of your envy. So you fight and you battle and you do nothing. You do not have the, uh, you do not have to, excuse me, become, uh, you do not have to become uh, as you ask God. Let's look at that again because I'm, I'm looking at something here. In verse 2, we're going to go to this again. Pastor Ellis want to make some clarity when he's teaching here because he's looking at something. I want to make sure you catch it though. In the Amplified Version, you are jealous and convert with others, having your own lust, goals unfulfilled, so that you murder, you are envious, and you cannot obtain the object of envy. That's a hard thing to obtain. Envy is a hard thing to fight. Especially when you don't have God in the equation. When you plug him in, he helped you with the malice and the hardness that's in your heart toward an individual. The Bible goes on and says, so you, so, so you fight in battle. You do not have because you do not ask it of God. You're asking your own way, it's saying. And when you're asking your own way, you do opposite what the book of Proverbs said. You, you don't lean, you lean not to your own understanding. But you acknowledge God in all his way. And whatever zealness, whatever unfulfilling desires that cause you to feel uh, envious toward the individual, that strife mode, and whatever that murderous thought that it puts in your mind, not just in the physical, but you can murder somebody with your thoughts in your mind. You can murder somebody with the very uh, uh, actions of what you treat a person. You don't know what you do when you treat a person bad. You can cause a lot of hurt and harm and danger. You know, this old sense about the sticks and the stones. You know how they break bones, but the words that never hurt me, that's a lie. Words do hurt, they curve, they convict, they stick, they stab, they cut. They hurt individuals and try to lead them out of the, what God has designed and declared them to be. The word of God talks about how he came to give us life and life more abundantly. He didn't say to come in the midst of strife, fighting, and envious toward one of your brothers and sisters. He said, come in love, peace, joy, happiness, that you obtain all the gifts and all the plans that God has for your life. We'll look at this over in the Amplified, not the Amplified version, but the Common English Bible. 
He said, you, he said, it says in verse 3 of verse 4 in the book of James, he says in verse 4, verse 3, I mean chapter 4, verse 3, he says, you ask, you don't have because you ask with evil intentions to waste it on your own cravings. Let's look at that a little closer and some understanding about that, you know. You know, you consume it, you know what I'm saying? Now, am I in there? In order to gratify your own sinful desires. You know, when people want to do evil against you, it it, is, it makes them feel good when they see something bad happen to you. And not in every case, but most cases. When people want to get back at you, they, they conjure up things. But, you know, the, the word of God tells us in the book of uh, Isaiah that, that no weapon can be formed. That means whatever thought of a mind that a person is trying to get to you with or say something about you, to see you cringe, to see you squirm, to see you go through difficult times, that, that's hatred for a person who want to see you just, 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 just curl over in pain and grab your pillow and can't think straight and want to lead you to opportunity to try to take your life. This is what the enemy causes people who don't understand the word of God. He causes their tongue to act in that way. To move in such a way that it's one it want to inflict harm on individuals. That when you see them, your desires of your sinful desires, the meaning is that you 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 you, you, you prey on the spirit or selfish spirit to see another person fall from the level with the end that they may be consumed by this sinful desire, this bad uh, ill feeling around them. So what do you do? You plot a plan. And you conjure up what what you can, and you speak out about an individual behind closed walls. Well, how many people know the Word of God declares and decrees that everything is a dark has got to come to the light. When you persecute God's people behind closed doors, and you have no idea who you're persecuting, the Bible says, "Touch not the anointed to do on prophets to harm." Let me clear that up for you. Whenever God calls a man to do a work, it's not to you to be able to punish them or say negative things about them. God said, if I bought him in, I turn the heart of a king as I see fit. Meaning God's going to deal with them more so in a way than you can ever imagine. How many people ever been whooped by God? God will whoop you in ways that you can't even imagine or even think of. It goes on. It talks about over here. We'll go back to the King James Version. We look over here in verse 4. He said, adulteries, adulterers, and adulteresses. Adulteresses, adulterers, and adulteresses. Notice what it said. Do not know the fellowship with the world. It's enmity with God. However, therefore, however, therefore, want to be a friend of the world makes him an enemy of God. Let's look at it again. He says, You adulterers and you adulteresses do not know the fellowship of God. He's telling you, you're separated. Let's go over to the book of Galatians for a minute. Let's see something here. Uh, just talking about this particular part of Scripture. I want to go to the book of Galatians. He reads very candidly in the book of Galatians, and it makes it very clear when he says this. He says it like this over in uh, Galatians chapter 5, and it talks about over here in Gal Galatians chapter 5. And let's look at, uh, uh, let's look at verse, um, let's see here. Let's look at verse 14 because it's going to get into the access is how things enter into us to cause that strife, that hatred, that pride about what you may do in terms of feeling, you know, all sedity about yourself. That good, that good, what's coming to them. No, 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 no. 
pray for those who despitefully use you. Don't go behind closed doors and conjure up an act of violence against them. Pray to God to have his way. And when God comes in and begins to contain the situation, it's really more than what you can see or more than what you can think of. As I said before, God will punish you and deal with you in ways that you can't even imagine or even think of. Now, that's only a person who comes over to what we call a reprobated mind, constantly moving forward, constantly sinning in your own life, and constantly sinning against one another. The Word of God talks about in the Romans chapter 6, should we continue on in that type of style, knowing that grace now is that place, that God came and sent His only begotten Son, that we may all have the right to the tree of life. No, 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 ladies and gentlemen, I don't have to keep on living the way I'm living and doing the things I'm doing. He talks about in the book of Galatians chapter 14. He said, all the laws is filled in the word. All of the laws is filled in the word. Even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as what thyself. Come on, somebody. How many people don't love themselves to the point they want to do something to the body that cause harm and conflict? Even though the devil does get in these suicide things that takes place. You know, people actually get caught up in some of these demonic spirits that come in and they begin to speak to them in such a way that they never understood who God really is. So they end up taking their lives. And it's not easy for us, so even as men and women of God who don't know them, it's, it, we got to mourn with them because that was one more human that God created, one more brother and sister God created that the enemy got in his camp. But woe unto those who think about the very strife and the process of living and how they're going to actually bring down someone else to their own environment. It goes on and saying once again in Galatians chapter 14, for all the law, listen to what he said, for all the law, get that. Everything you need is in the scriptures of how you should treat your brother and sister. Let, let's let, let's 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 look at that. Let's look at let's go a little farther. And let's look at verse sixteen. Let's look at fifteen. Now we're going to keep fourteen in mind. The book of Galatians. We're not out of the book of James. We're talking about the hatred and contention, the pride in these first seven seconds of uh, this first seven uh, series that we're going to be doing, dealing with the area of how the seven different stripes. They'll come into your life and cause you to fade away from Christ if you're not careful. Once again, excuse my raspy voice because I was on a celebration seeing my mother go into the kingdom of God. It says once again in the book of Galatians, not forsaken, John chapter 4, that it says, For all the laws fulfilled in the word, the word, Isaiah 55, 11, memorize that. Every word of God goes what forth. It does not come void. It's not a blank word. It's got the power, as he says in Isaiah 55, 11, to accomplish. In that word, he says, even in thus shall thou love thy neighbor as thyself. I love thy neighbor as I love thyself. You have to know that. And if you're going to receive the blessings and the commands of the kingdom of God, that he may bless your ways that you never thought that you could never imagine even think of. He does tell us in the book of 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, there are some things that God has in store for you if we walk upright. You know, the word of God tells us, Psalm 84, 11, no good thing will I walk, what, no good thing will I hold from those, excuse me, that if I walk upright, what is the walking upright? God said he gives you the desires of your heart. What is that you want? Don't ask in such a way that you ask for jealousy or anger or malice to make someone else feel bad. Ask that you may get approval from God. That in that approval, you'll see this. Hey, look, God, you've done it for them. You can do it for me. He says he's no respectful person. It says, and once again, in the book of Galatians chapter 15, he said, if you bite and devour, I'm talking about hatred. In the first part of this segment that we're teaching on tonight. 
If you bite and devour one another, take heed. Listen to what he said. Take heed. You be not consumed one of another. One of another. But look what, look what the word says on the book of look at verse 16. Excuse me. For I say, walk in the spirit that you not fulfill the lust of the flesh, gratification, desires, pleasures, adulteries, as he says, over in the area of the book of John. As we pop back over to the book of John, he said, adulteress, adulteresses, do not know the fellowship which the word of God, no, do not know the fellowship with the world, it's empty to God. Let's look at it again. Adulterers and adulteresses do not what know the fellowship with the world. They they do not they do not know the fellowship with the world. It is empathy with God. Whoever therefore she we want to be friends of the world makes himself an enemy of God. That's about as simple as you can get it. Let's look at it in the in the uh, actually Luke in the actually uh, let's look over the common English Bible. You unfaithful people, it says. Do not you know that friendship with the world means hostility, hostility toward God? I mean that's a that's an intervention. That's a break there. It's a hostile ground. If you see some of these movies, that's hostile territory. Going over that direction can cause death among yourself. Or if you lead someone in the wrong direction, you can cause them to fall into death with you. You got to be careful who you've been led by and what you've been led by. Because I'd rather be led by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit be led by my own understanding, period. And my mother used to tell me, pray before everything we do. Let's look over in the book of James in the Common English Bible, verse 4, chapter 4, verse 4. He said, unfaithful people do not know that friendship with the world means hostility toward God. So whoever wants to be a friend becomes an enemy. Isn't that something? When you want to be a friend of the world, you becomes an enemy What to God. Let's go back to what he says over here in the area of the King James Version. Same thing, verse 4, chapter 4, King James, verse 4, chapter 4. He said, adulterers and adulteresses do not know that the fellowship with the world is empathy. That word empathy, separation. God, it's like oil and water. With God, whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world, look, make, look, it's an individual choice, makes himself an enemy of God, not because of what you're by associating. You got the right to deal with, hang around who you want to hang around with. But see, my mind has already got to be around some people who's fed the kingdom of God. Even on their off time, they still talking about the kingdom of God. The kingdom is not boring. It's mighty. If you get into it and learn it, it has a lot more offer than what the world pleasures offer you. If you really understand the principles of the kingdom. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As he says in his model prayer, our Father, he makes that known, who are in heaven, how there be thou name, thy kingdom come, listen to what he says, obedience, thy will be done, right here where we are, designed to be ambassadors on this earth, to carry forth the word of God, to subdue the land, the word of God does declare and decree, the harvest is truly great, but the labors and laboring is few. The Bible declares that if you love the world, being a person who's born from the belly of your mother, the gift given to you and not exercising, it says in Jeremiah 1 and 5, before I formed, before I knew, before I engineered, before I created you, I call you to be that prophet before the nation. God has already equipped you with everything you need to fight the battle here on earth. If you love the world more than you love God and not being that ambassador that's down here on earth to pull those out of those conditions that they're in, then you're less more than just an infidel. He said, adulterers and adulterers do not know the fellowship of the world. It is empathy. It is empathy with God. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of the most high God. Simply plain. If you're going to love God as rule and regulation, say you got to love your neighbors, you got to love your brothers and sisters. Matter of fact, moves over in the book of Galatians chapter 5. It, it talks about the very things. When you go down to the 21st verse, he talks about how these things come in our life. He said, envy, drunkenness, revelry, such as like, of which I tell you before. He's I told you also in times past that they who do such things will not inherit strife, pride, willingness to party, tear someone down or tear their name down to make you look good. Talk about pride now. That's what pride does. But hatred tells you, no, I don't like them. I don't like their color. I don't like their job. I don't like their walk. I don't like what they look. And you're saying the same thing about yourself. God said He loves the backslider. In other words, He said we're just like filthy rags before Him. But God quickened His mercy and grace. As he says in the book of Ephesians, he pulls us out of this very monkey mile that we're in to bring us to set up us up, set us up on a high place that he may nourish us and help us and show us and direct us that we may be formed that what he's given us before we were born out of, belly, out of the belly of our mothers, that ambassador, that engineered man and woman God. Just because a person has a little bit more than you, a few nickels or more than you, don't forget who's supplying all your needs. According to his riches and glory. Don't get it twisted. It's not your job. Am I in there? 
It's not your cars. It's not your home. It's how much money you got, how much education you got. All that is for naught. If you don't understand the principles, how God uses model words over in the book of Galatians, verse 22. We just came off of 21, but look at 22. He talks about the, the, the fruits of the spirit. Is love. It got to have that. Joy. Peace. Long-suffering. Gentleness. Goodness. Faith. Meekness. Temperance. Again, such as no law. Against those things, can't no law come against you. The Bible says everything that try to come against you is designed to block it if you walk with the right uh, wisdom and knowledge that's in you. And, 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 and when you think about this particular teaching of Scripture, the book of James tells us if we lack wisdom and knowledge, even coming from me myself as a man of God, and there's something I'm not explaining to you or bringing to you more clarified, then you got to ask God. This is why the preacher or the minister, whoever he or she may be in the pulpit, comes down and spread the word to you as God has given it unto him or her. And once they speak it, it's up to you to be able to go home and study it. There's a lot of things that you can do. If you don't understand the scripture, you don't understand a certain thing, don't let it be contentionless against you. Let it only bring uh, 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 malice against you. And if you do know something good, that the word of God has shown you in the Holy Spirit and share with somebody else. Don't think that you know it all. Don't get prideful because you can't cap the Holy Spirit. It's uncapable. But the laws that here on earth is capped by the Holy Spirit. I can remember on yesterday, just for a brief second here, ladies and gentlemen, I was listening at Pastor Franklin preaching his granny's funeral. And during the course of time he was preaching his granny's funeral, he talked about the mason jars and how granny would tell him to pull one of those mason jars from up under that shelf. And he would pull that shelf, that mason jar from up under that shelf. And he would ask granny, uh, was he screwed to turn the top off? What is this separate lid for? If anybody knows anything about mason jars and what they preserve and design to do. He said, she said, what is this lid for, Granny? Well, that helps preserve the sealness of what the wax that I'm about to put in there. She would put the fruit in, the man of God said, and she would actually pour wax over the top of that particular fruit to seal the freshness of it once the top is tightly closed on it. And when you come back and open it up, you would have to horn out the wax and get to the good part of the preserve. God wants to harm you out of your hatred. He wants to harm you out of your pride. He wants to preserve you to do such a great work in the kingdom of God. It goes on and talks about over here in the area of uh, the book of um, John chapter 4. If I can go there, please. Let's look at that. John chapter 4. Uh, not John. James chapter 4. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. James chapter 4. I do have something I want to get in. John, I was looking at that also. But he goes on and tells us right here. In the area of James chapter 4. He said, adulterous and adulteresses does not know that the fellowship, that word fellowship, who you fellowship tells a lot about you. Who you commune with, who you communicate with tells me a lot about where you coming from, I can look at a person's relationship. I can look at a person's conversation. I can get with them, and I know in five minutes what kind of background they come from. In five minutes, no matter how you may pretend to be particular and all of this and all that, what you think to be before people, I can tell by just a few words that come out of your mouth where you come from and how you've been living. It goes on over in verse 5 of the book of James, chapter uh, 4, in verse 5. He said, or do you think that the scriptures say in vain, notice what it says, in vain, 
The spirit who dwells in us yearns jealousy. It does. Let's look at some. Let's look at some. Um, some footnote on that dealing with the fifth verse. I want to get some clarity. This is a fresh teaching. I want to make sure we get some good understanding about this particular verse over in verse five. Let's flip over to uh, some of the commentary breakdowns and look at some of the amplified versions. We're going to break it down and we're going to hear just what the word of God has to say concerning this particular first, fourth verse. He said, however, would you be friends of the world? Now notice how he says this. However, would you would you be friends of the world? If you understand where you come from, if you knew who God was, why would you want to be friends of something that can cause you to pull away from the anointing that God has in and on your life? Isn't that amazing, ladies and gentlemen, how we'll go and get duped by someone or somebody who seems to have it going on from a physical standpoint of view and not having enough discernment to know that the Spirit is calling us in the opposite direction. That the Bible says that that if we're led by the Spirit, this is in the book of Galatians, you don't have to go back there, go back there, we won't, we won't fulfill the lust and the desires of the flesh. Look what he says. The Spirit is jealous, is zealous. The Bible says James probably meant to give a census of Scripture, not in quotes exact words of Scripture, but teaching us to teaching us the truth that the Spirit which dwells in us lusts uh, lusts to um, uh, uh, lusts to envy. Notice what he said: the Spirit that dwells. Now, I didn't say the Holy Spirit. The Spirit. See, there are different spirits that come in you to cause you. The fall into the categories you're in. We're talking about the spirit of hatred, the spirit of pride. We can deal with the first two. That spirit can come into you, and in your dwelling place, it can cause you to have an envious sin of hate, an envy, rather than a desire to be exclusively loved. What the Word of God says, the Bible says that we should love our neighbors, love our sisters and brothers, love our mother. It's love, the joy, the peace, the meekness, the temperance that all that God has given us in a season in which we all are in. We don't know what season we're in. That's one thing about the body of Christ and some of the members in the body of Christ. They don't know what season they're in. They, they, they really don't. They're just going forever, living and learning and living and not learning and never coming to the true humbleness of what God designed and engineered them to be. It talks about one area in us, uh, gravel. It's called uh, the, um, the, 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 uh, the Geneva the Geneva Study Bible. This is one of the Bibles I look at all the time. It brings some clarity to some stuff sometimes. And we're talking about verse chapter, chapter 5, of the, I mean verse verse 5 of the book of chapter 4 of the book of James. He said, he said, the taking away of an object in need or in these our mind to run in an unhindered race. Take obstacles out of your way. It let your mind run an unhindered race. Let's move on here. We'll see what he says. I'm going to break this to you a little bit. In these voices, but with we ought to be such identified to take heed to them who cares and study us patiently every day as being children of God. Vain, non-vain seeing, God resents a stubborn spirit, but grace to the midst of the humbling 
that submits himself unto God. In other words, God loves you enough that even in the midst of your quarrels, even in the midst of your dilemmas, your circumstances, he's yet still showing you a way how to come out of whatever it is that you may be uh, manufacturing in or may be stuck in to the point you don't know how to come out. God, I've prayed about this so many times, I'm still dealing with it. Well, God said, well, you hadn't prayed enough and you hadn't prayed to me. You got to know who to pray for and you got to know who to pray with. You got to find the right people that's on your team. It says once again in verse 5, and let's read in the Amplified Version, verse 5, in the, uh, in the book of James, chapter 4. We're talking about the, the hatred and the pride that's among us. That's being men and women of God. It's called to be poor, more separated. We, 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 we call to be, they're pulling us more apart. Who is they? These spirits that come in. The desire is us to be able to walk with the law within the walk with Christ. They want us to be able to angle mean or mingle in with the law and bring it to the house of God. And God never designed the world system to go into the church system. It's the two different laws, you know. And what God says over here in the Amplified Version, uh, chapter 4, uh, the book of James, in uh, verse 5, in the Amplified, it says, Or do you think that the Scripture says on purpose that the human spirit which has made you dwell in lust. Notice what it says. The human spirit, not the godly spirit, has made you to dwell in lust with envy. It really does. It, it really has. See, let's look at something here. Let's go to the book of Ephesians. Uh, let's move on to the book. I, I know I got to get out of here with you guys. This is going to be a two-week teaching. Uh, probably a one-week teaching, but I'm be going through quite a few scriptures on here. Let's look at the book of Ephesians. Let, let's let's take a look at the Ephesians. Let's remember what it says over here in verse five of the book of James. Let's look at the book of Ephesians, and let's look at the book of Ephesians. Let's compare what he's saying over here in the book of um, John concerning you as we bring these two scriptures in cohesiveness and get a real good understanding of what God is saying here. Let's look at it once again here. In verse 6, I'm sorry, in the book of James, chapter 4, verse 6. But he gives us more and more grace through the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit to defend, uh, to, 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 excuse me, to defy sin and live in an obedient life that, re but that, that reflects both our faith and our gratitude for our salvation. You all want to thank God. Therefore, it says, God opposed the proud. He opposed the proud and haughty, but continued to give grace to the humble. It goes on and says, who turns away from self-righteousness. Let me read the seven verse to get some clarity of it. So submit to the authority of God. Now we let's get it in the we read in the King James Version, uh, in the book of James, chapter four, verse uh four. I mean chapter four, verse five and uh, verse six and seven, excuse me. And it goes at submit to the authority in verse seven of our God. This is in the Amplified Version. Resist the devil, stand firm against them, and he will flee from you. Notice how he's saying that. Trust God in whatever purpose you're warring with. Don't let the enemy come in and cause hatred, divide, uh, 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 envy, strife. Don't try to let him divide you. 
or defy you away from what God has declared in your life. Don't let him come in and try to dictate with the, with the pride of life and with the hatred that's in your heart, which is two we're dealing with this afternoon, pride and hatred, two of the combination things that have killed anything and pull it out of the way of what God designed and engineered us to be as being human and woman. When we get too proud, you get snobbish. You get snobbish, you think you look better than everybody else. And especially when you hate somebody, whether what grace or creed or color they are, you will find yourself in a situation where don't no one want to be around you. You end up wanting to do something to your own self. Because a person who don't like what God created but love himself, there's something wrong with that individual who say they love Christ. The Bible says that bitter and sweet it's not supposed to come out of the same fountain. If I'm a man of God, I got to speak wisdom of God. If I like the wisdom, then let me do what it says in the book of James. Let me ask of God who gives to me what liberally. Let's read chapter four again on verse seven. Once again, uh, over here in the James, in the, um, in the, um, in John chapter four, in the, in the amplified version, excuse me. I want to make sure I get that right. And it says that um, in this, in verse 7, in the Amplified Version, so submit to the authority of God. It's a period there. This is what he says. Resist the devil. This is the Amplified. Stand firm. What does that mean to stand firm? On the holy, on the holy tables of Scripture. Standing on the word of God. This is what my mother stood on. This is what uh, Pastor Franklin's granny had stood on. As I see them, great contributors come from the man and woman of God. And I spoke a word over there say, I know she was a seed sower. Because she sowed seeds in so many different lives of people. To the point now that she could see the reaping of what she preached and prayed and, and, and went in and covenant with. You know, the word of God says in the book of Corinthians about the resurrection. If there be no resurrection, then God's work and his hope of what he's done is all in vain. He said, if the dead don't rise, the same thing with your situation. If God's word, according to Isaiah 55, 11, goes forth, then we can depend on it's going to do what it said it's going to do in order to accomplish it to do. If God said he could grit the hate and the pride of as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Out of your heart, they'll bring you to a new level of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Listen, don't don't be don't be fresh to the point that feel like you know everything. If something's wrong and something's not going right, look, don't don't be afraid to get with your good Christian buddy and talk about it. And let's see what the Word of God has to say as we come together, begin to sharpen iron with one another. The Word of God say iron sharpens iron, and this is what we find out about the Word of God when we break bread, we set still, we begin to study the Word, and we begin to understand just what God is telling us. In the season in which we're in, let's look at verse uh, eight over in James uh, chapter four. He should draw near to God; he will draw near to you. Let's stop right there. Hatred, strife, pride pulls you away from God. Talk about the pride of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. Those who feel like they're flattering, they're more better than everybody else. They think they got a little bit more tilt on you, as I say. And they don't want to look at you as if you ain't got what it takes to get an overflow from the kingdom of God. God has mastered the design and engineered each and every one of us to do a great work here on earth. But also as a prince of the land called the devil, his desire is to pull you away from your uncompromising, unlearning stage to make you feel so bad that you get so low down in the ground that can't nobody bring you out. And God says, I don't care how low you are. How bad you're good with the situation. I can bring you out if you trust in the Lord and lean not to my, your own understanding. But if you acknowledge me in all your ways, then there's a direction I can give you. He goes on up here in the book of uh, James chapter 4. We're going down to the 8th verse once again. He says over in the Amplified Version, let's read in the Amplified Version, verse 8. It says, come closer to God. We all need to come closer to God. To get the hate and the pride and all that stuff out of our hearts with with a contrite heart. Sounds like in the book of Psalms 51. David began to plea out before God in Psalm 51. He said, create in me a new heart. He, t- he talks about the creation. He wants God to do something so magnificent in him that it mesmerized the mind of the people, whoever would come around him and know that it was God who worked out of his situation. It was only God who brought him out what seemed to be the monkey ball in his life. It was God. It was the only one, God the Creator, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The old woman used to say, I got a telephone in my bosom, and I doubt one for the Father. I doubt one for the Spirit. Doubt one for the Holy Ghost. And I doubt one for the Son. She, she, I didn't need anybody. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. One for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Ghost. Just one direct call. And you ain't got to pick up from a physical standpoint of view. The Bible said in the process of, uh, um, if I, it serves me right, in Proverbs. Not Proverbs. No, yeah, it's, it's Psalms. Yeah, let me get that right. Thank you, Lord. In Psalms 46, he says that I'm a very present help. In a very present, notice what he says. Present means right now on the spot. I'm I'm a help. I'm gonna help you in whatever you're dealing with. At the same time, I can bring you out of whatever you're dealing with. You, you know, you got to be able to understand that God is merciful. He's all knowing. He's He's Jehovah Jireh. He's that I am, and I am. He's all that we need. He's all that we want. If you trust in God, like I do. And lean out to the, the different phantoms that come in your mind and make you feel opposite what he declared for you to have. Remember, he said he came for you to have the right to the tree of life. John 15 talks about the true life. 
talks about the the, the, the husbandman who cares and tittles, and he talks about the process when the when the, when the branches are not growing fruit, he prunes the branches and he he rolls some of those branches up who's not going to produce fruit. He put them in the fire, and the ones who produce fruit, he may scatter them out the gun some of that sixty forty a hundred fold, like it says in the book of of Luke, Luke chapter eight talks about that. You know, seed sowed went out to sow one day. And some fell on hard rock and stony. But I'm telling you, man and woman, God, the last few weeks to have seen these incredible women to go in the Lord. It's such a good flock that's coming into the kingdom. You know, you talk about Jan from TVN. You talk about Muhammad Ali. You talk about um, 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 the, the situation that what took in place. Uh, the things that was going on in, um, in uh, I believe it's uh, uh, my mother and uh Pastor Franklin's mother. Just want to get that in and make sure that those are great women of God who are patriots, leaders with impeccable records in the kingdom of God that bring forth such anointing that when it talks about in the book of Luke, that Luke chapter 8, he said they went out to sow seed. They sowed seed by their help, by their love, they showed to a people. But whatever God designed them to be, that was them knowing that what God done with them, he could never take it back from them. It is amazing how he trains them and shows them how he's supposed to do the work and how you are supposed to do the work. Let's look at the book of Ephesians right quick. I want to make sure we talk about the process, the walking of the spirit. He says over in the book of Ephesians, it's a powerful scripture talking about those who uh, got the power to believe and come out of whatever heinous way they was in. It kind of falls in revelation or information, if you want to say revelation, information, I say revelation, with the book of, uh, I believe it's uh, Romans, Romans chapter 3, talks about how all fallen short, and we all have something in life, we all, we every one of us, ain't no, the Bible says not one right, I believe it's Romans 3, chapter 10, down through 11, yeah, he said, now one of us right. But when we link up with that area of scripture, it talks about Ephesians and the Amplified Version. And let's look at Ephesians in the King James and then look at some of the things in the Amplified. Let's go. He said, you were quick and who are dead with your trespassing sins, where in times past, you once walked according to the what? A course. The devil paddled a, he patted a, 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 a trail for you, a trail of destructions of this world according to the prince of the power of the air that is spent that now worketh continually working in the children of disobedience around whom you also had our conversations those are the saying we all was there before Romans uh, Romans 10 to uh, 10 to 12 you know we all had our conversations in past times with the lust of the flesh as he talks about over here in the book of uh, James don't desire gratify the lust of the flesh you know, that you may feel uh, desires of what you feel from the physical standpoint of view. Trust in God. Believe that he's going to bring you out of what you're in. Among you also, in Ephesians 3, uh, 2 and 3, among whom you also, in our conversation in the past time, had the lust of the flesh. Look what we're doing. Fulfilling the, what the desires of the flesh. Come on, somebody. We all was there before. And this is a point that when you see something going wrong with somebody else, it's not to hate them and envy them. To know that you was once there before too. And just remember, when you get somewhere, just think, don't, don't forget where you come from. You never know what will catapult them young people over the top. They're watching you. They're mimicking you. But most young people are not even studying the church right now because of people who are mimicking them 
as opposed to mimicking God. It, it's mimicking the opposite. They're not showing and taking the fellow men and they're showing them how the word of God is supposed to work, the power of the Holy Spirit is supposed to dwell with them. So they're unaware of everything that God is doing for them in their life because they don't know, they don't understand. The Bible says he does it. You have not because you asked. Then when you ask, you ask amiss because you ask with the wrong motives. Let me go on down here. We're going to finish this out. We're going to try to get up to verse 10. I'm going to stop right here. Let's move on down to verse 9 here. He say, he say not not of works lest any man shall boast. You, you're not going to get ahead of this by what you think or what you do. The Bible says trust in the Lord. Not with with all your heart and lean not to your own desires, pride, hating to have someone ahead of you, so you ask God for the wrong things. When they don't come in with you, you storm out, you get mad, you get upset, and not having a faith to the bitter end. When something don't walk right for you or real right with you, you get upset and you get angry. Most of us need to understand what's going on. You're not going to be perfect, but through God, everything and all things are perfect. Am I in there anywhere? We may be suffering behind the scenes on a lot of things, but God, right in the midst of his dilemma, in the midst of all these things that's going on, yet still seems to bring us to the forefront. Let us realize and understand that he does, he's the workmanship he created. As it says in verse 10, let's get to there. It says that, for we are the workmanship created, notice that, created in Christ Jesus. Unto good works, not bad works, unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. He gave us everything we need, ladies and gentlemen. We're really without excuse. We really are. In the the Amplified Version, excuse me, he says over in that same particular scripture verse, he said, in in the Amplified Version, excuse me, like this, he said, for we are his workmanship. His own master work, a work of art created in Christ Jesus for born from above. Look at that. What, what reborn, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used. Your concept and how you carry yourself makes sure that you're a strong soldier on the field. That when you get out there, you're not going to compromise with anybody. You want to know what's right is right and wrong is wrong. And that's how God's going to judge you, by how you treat his brothers and sisters. Or, 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 or us who as brothers and sisters. How we not to walk opposite what God declared us to walk, but we to walk in the new of the transformation. As it says in the Amplified Version. It says once again in the Amplified Version, the 10th verse, he said, For we are his workmanship. His own masterwork, a work of what art created in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, born from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used. The minute you cross, when, the minute you say out of your your mouth, I do, I, I'm saved, I'm sanctified, Lord, I want you to use me the way you see fit. God is not playing; he, He's going to move on it. So when you see things start breaking down in your life or breaking down around you, God said, I got to get out the old to bring in the new. The Bible said you got to take off the old and you got to put on the new. The Bible declares again in verse 10 in the second part of that, renewed, ready to be used for God, working with the what? The, the, working with God's prepared us. 
God has God prepared for us beforehand, taking a path which He set. Amen. Anywhere, so that you would not walk in the living, the good life, but you may walk in them living a good life. Look what it says. So that you may that you may that you we would or that we would excuse me, in them living the good life. Which, 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 which he, you know, it's a powerful way to say this. Prearranged and made ready for use. Genetically engineered in the design. He designed us out of, we got a certain age, we know how to talk and speak out. That's when we should start talking. Mom, I want to go to church. I want to go to church. Sometimes the kids got to train the parents up to go to church. Don't miss, you know. Sometimes they get out there and the parents get to acting like they don't know who they are because the kids are playing that role of trying to take over things and they never was designed to take over designed to be the kid so I ain't saying you gotta whoop your kids you gotta do whatever but my kid they gonna catch it because I know one day when God brings me home that's gonna be a discipline factor in his or her life that will help them in a walk that they're moving into amen God bless you guys for joining me here at Harvest New Light Church and Harvest New Light Studios. I said before, uh, Pastor, I was a little tired, a little raspy in a voice. Uh, I had a wonderful time with my good friend, um, um, Pastor uh, Franklin, out there at, um, uh, uh, I think it was Oak Grove Baptist Church, as he preached a sermon and laid his granny down for the, uh, for the last time we see her physical, but, but now we see her spiritually. And she ain't, I'm telling you, she was a powerful and mighty woman. God also, uh, my wife, uh, my poor Lord, in the name of Jesus, my wife, say thanks to my wife and uh, give a shout out to her, uh, co-pastor Patty Ellis and my beautiful mother. Uh, it's going on to be with the Lord. Um, um, Mary Earl Ellis, it's such a pleasure to be in the house of God and learn that all the things he had for us is really more than what we can see. I, I just thank you guys for being a part here at Harvest Night Church and Harvest Night Studios. Don't forget on tomorrow, we're going to be coming forth and uh, doing the work and continue to move forth as God has planned us to move. We thank all of you for your you know, thanks, your prayers. Uh, we got a little ways to go, you know, what we are praying. And I got a good supporter that prayed with me, and that's uh, Pastor Franklin, who's going through a similar situation, has gone through a similar situation, but now with his grandmother. So, I'm a little bit off on him in terms of having the same opportunity and um, um, to be able to share some of the experiences, but we all share our experiences in different ways. He's a great man of God. All the people who have came out to be a part of my mother's celebration are going on. We thank you for your cards, your letters, your support. It was just such a great uh, home-going service for my mother that I am still kind of hoarse and raspy. And the same thing for Pastor Franklin. It's such a powerful home-going for his mother. So we thank you guys for being with us and being a part of the work we're doing at Harvest Black Church. And then, until then, and until then, God bless you, God keep you. Pray for my voice that I receive it back. Amen. God bless
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.